Hey, this is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of FE Church, and this is our podcast. Man, what's going on? Hope everybody is having a wonderful week. Man, I'm, I'm excited for what God has for us today, and I can't believe y'all showed up after I was here last week. That's a good deal. Yeah, I must not have wrecked too many things. So, man, I'm excited for what God has for us today. If you have your Bibles, we're going to look at two different portions of Scripture. Uh, should be halfway familiar with us as we dive into the real meat of the Christmas season here, even this week. So, Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter 1. We're going to look at two different perspectives today, uh, but Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter 1 as uh, we continue God with us. We know, you know, scripture tells us, we'll even read that here in just a moment from Matthew chapter 1, that God, he is, he is called Emmanuel. Jesus is Emmanuel, which means God with us. And today I kind of want to unpack what that means. What does that really mean that God is with us? You know, like for, for sometimes I know, I mean, y'all gave me the captain obvious answer and I appreciate that. Like he's right here. Yeah, he's right here. But does this really change your life? You know what I mean? Like, is, because you're here this morning, does, is life different? You know, is, is, are we changing? And if you've been coming uh, to church, you've been a part of the family of God for any length of time, does your life look the same it has for the last several years? Because if it does, then I'm not really sure God's with you. Because the Bible says that God will change us and take us from glory to glory. God never changes, but we ought to be changing. Because the reason I know I ought to be changing is because I still am not perfect. How about y'all? You know, I'm not even close to being perfect. Honey, my wife's here with me this week, so don't amen me on that one. But I'm... I'm not even close, and, and, and so today, I'm excited for what I believe God has to us, because even in the midst of our struggle and our mess, God wants to come down right in the middle of where we are. When we make mistakes, God does not run and hide. He's not ashamed. He's not, he's not disappointed in you. He, listen, God loves you with an everlasting love, and so today, what does that mean that God is actually like, he's here in my mess, he's here. In the middle of my mess, in the middle of my struggle, in the middle of my pain, in the middle of my heartache, God is actually here. And so, man, I'm excited. Uh, man, believe it, it's, it's going to be a fantastic day. And then, man, I cannot wait. I was already outside. I kind of snuck out during worship for just a moment and uh, was out there kind of nosing around the cookies and all that. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's sugar cookies, there's snickerdoodles, there's espresso cookies, there's there, there's all kinds of goodies out there. There's molasses cookies, there's sugar, I mean, all kinds of good, I'm, I'm getting blessed, all right? Let's just pray right now and get this over with. In hey, Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's go eat. I feel good. I feel good. I wanted to say a big thank you again to uh, Pastor Candace, Pastor Aaron. Love you guys, and thanks so much. Congratulations. Uh, Arrow Pleasant Pringle. How cool is that, man? What a, what a beautiful kid. Can't believe you're the dad, Aaron, but, um, uh, <laughs> oh, that come out? I think, I think, hey, he, thank God he, he's got a good mama, but, um, <laughs> Ooh, <fighting> words. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> but man, I, I, I believe, uh, we're going to unwrap the presence of Christmas today. What does it really mean that God is with us? Now, listen, we can go in like 13 million directions, and I'm a preacher, and you know I could go for about four hours about this. So I'm going to try and give you the first miracle and preach this thing in about 25 minutes. How many believe that? Yeah, none of you raised your hand. You're smart people. All right. Matthew chapter 1, if you found it, come on. Would you stand for the reading of God's word this morning? Matthew chapter 1, starting at verse 18. 
Matthew chapter one, starting at verse 18. I'm excited. How many of y'all like, I'm an adult, so like, I guess I still want things for Christmas, you know, but I don't necessarily make my wish list, my Santa wish list or all that kind of stuff, you know. I don't know if y'all are still going for like the official Red Rider carbine action, you know, air model range ri- rifle, you know, with a compass on the stock. I don't know if y'all are going for that or not, but, uh, I, you know, we all have different things that we want and need. We all have different things that we desire. Maybe even this morning, some of us have come in and uh, you're looking for something. And some of you may not even really be sure, but you've showed up. You you braved it like this is the bravest thing you've done in a while, that you even came to an, a, a, an atmosphere like this. You came to a gathering like this. Uh, some of us, I believe today, listen, I'm just, I told you last week at the beginning of the service how the end was going to happen, so I'm going to tell you again, all right? This is this is where I believe God's going to do, what, what God's going to do in our lives today. I believe that fear is going to be defeated in this room. There will not be a, there will not be an inch of room left for fear because the perfect love of God is going to expel every fear, every preconceived ideas, every reason you thought that you do not deserve. Listen, when you say, Oh, I don't deserve the grace of God. Yeah, nobody does. That's why it's called grace. So listen to me. When you're saying you don't deserve, you're trying to tell me already that you'll never be able to receive the favor and the grace of God. I'm here to tell you today that the only reason you are here is to receive the grace and love of Jesus. If you are within the sound of my voice, you are eligible to receive the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. And it is his perfect love that drives out every fear. There's nothing you can do today that can disqualify you from receiving the love and grace of Jesus Christ. That's it's just the way it is. Because if you, if you were done and you were disqualified, you wouldn't be here. You hear me? You wouldn't, in fact, you wouldn't even be alive anymore. It's only God's grace that the, the, the breath is coming in and out of your lungs today. And so this, this morning, I, I want to check this story out. And I know many of us have probably read this before. And so I pray today that we can see the, the, this story of the Christmas story. I pray that we see this in a way we've never seen this before. Uh, for those of us that maybe been around, I know my family and I, we read the Christmas story. Uh, every Christmas we, we sit down before, before any present opens up, we read this and my, my kids kind of laughing because every year as we're sitting there and I wear, I can't believe I'm telling you all this, uh, but I wear a Santa onesie, you know, and, uh, you know, I, it does not have the trap door though. So I'm trying to work that into it. Uh, but, uh, you know, we sit there and they all got their little matching p- pajamas on and I sit there and we read from the book of Luke and get into Luke chapter two. And every time I get there, um, there's just something special about that moment for me that my family is all gathered around and we're centered around the person of Jesus. And, uh, my eyes begin to well up and I, I start crying as I'm reading and my kids all sit there and giggle and laugh at me. Like, oh, look, there's dad again. But it's simply because I know where I could be if it was not for God. I know where I could be. And so check this story out, all right? Matthew chapter 1 says in verse 18, this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph before the marriage took place. While she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid. 
to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the message through the prophet. It said in verse 23, this is a, 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 a prophecy from Jesus or from the Old Testament. It says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, uh, but he did not have sexual relations with her until she, uh, until this, her son was born and Joseph named him Jesus. Come on, let's pray. Father, one more time, would you release the power of your written word into our lives? Lord, in the mighty, strong name of your son, Jesus, may fear be chased out of this room by your perfect love. May faith arise in our souls. And Lord, I pray today, Lord, that we would come to the reality of the presence of Christmas. Lord, that you are God that have left heaven and come down into the middle of our mess and our struggle and our pain and our heartache and our sin and in our shortcoming. God, you are here. You're here. Nothing I can do can chase your presence away. So Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that we would be even as Jacob was in Bethel. Lord, surely the Lord is in this place, even though I was not aware of it. But now, Lord, I pray we would become aware, Lord, of the ever-working and unstoppable grace and love of Jesus Christ. Lord, have your way. In Jesus' name. Come on, and everybody said? Look at somebody who's just and say, Merry Christmas. It'll feel good. You haven't said it yet, somebody. There you go. That's right. Sit down, you fools. I do. I love Christmas. I'm actually, I'm in love with Christmas. You know, I'm, I'm, I turn into like a 12 year old kid again every year right after Halloween. It kicks in for me. I'm just telling you that right now. We legit put our Christmas trees up on Halloween. I'm just saying, it's what we do, our, and our trees stay up until that we have a tree from Halloween to Valentine's Day. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Uh, and we, we enjoy it. In fact, we have trees, plural, in our house, multiple trees all over the place. And so uh, I, I really enjoy Christmas, and I, I enjoy just the fact of the story that his presence, his tangible, the reality of the presence of God, because sometimes we talk about the presence of God, and it's not, it, it feels like this, like this, only the spiritual people that have the awareness that God's working, you know, only like these, these folks that kind of like float around on, on clouds and, you know, speak in tongues all the time. And, you know, like they just, their eyes roll back in their head and they go, oh, la, 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 you know, whatever. And like, like those are the only people that can know the presence of God, <laughs> you know, am I being real? I'm sorry. I just, I'm way too real with y'all. I got to stop doing it. It's <laughs> But for those of the rest of us, <laughs> the normal people, well, not so normal, I guess, uh, but, you know, the folks that, that, that are, we're living regular, like we, we live life. Listen, I want you to understand something today, that the story of Christmas, that Jesus left heaven to come down into the middle of a mess is the reality of where you can live today. 
That even though you feel like you make struggle, you make mistakes, you come up short, you don't necessarily know uh, from the in the beginning of Genesis to the amen of Revelation, you don't have that all memorized. But listen, you're doing your best. You're, you're, you're surrendering to the Lord. You're, you're giving him the best you have. But the more you give, oftentimes the further you come short, it feels like. And, and the more you try and fix your problems, the worse you make the pain. I don't know if you've ever been there before, but I've got news for you today that if you are willing to surrender your life, if you're willing to lay down your security, if you're willing to allow your perspective to be changed and say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done, you're going to come to find out that Jesus is going to show up even in the middle of a mess where you think it's the far gone conclusion that it's never going to work out. Your life will never going to be the same again. In fact, some of you, even this week, you said, well, I guess I'm just going to have to deal with this. And this is the phrase you've used. It is what it is. I'm just going to have to, this is what we're going to have to deal with. And the authority of the name of Jesus Christ, I speak favor and blessing and joy. I speak breakthrough over your life in the name of Jesus Christ. The things that you have struggled with for weeks and months and years that you feel like you've never been able to get over because that's just you and you feel like your character, your personality and who you are is dependent upon your pain and your sorrow and your sin and you've allowed that to identify who you are. Listen to me. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray buckets of love would be dumped all over your soul, all over your mind, that you are now going to change the way you think. And listen to me, you are not walking out of here the same way. The junk you drug in here, listen to me, we are going to lay it at the feet of Jesus and you will be changed in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, I know those of us, and I'm sorry, I feel like I've already, when, the more, when I'm trying to drink all this stuff and like do, you know, do the little vocal zone things, cause, you know, for whatever reason, I scream and holler when I preach, and so I don't know who does that, but I like, I, I kinda like, I see that. I can see your light, the way your lights are set up right, I can see the spray, alright? I, I can see this, and, you know, it's alright, you know, I, I'm sorry, uh, but, you know, if you're in the first couple rows, this is like SeaWorld, alright? This is the splash zone right here, so, you know, I apologize, but let's talk, there's power in the shower, bub, alright? So you'll be alright. If you weren't baptized a few weeks ago, you come on up during the preaching of the word, you will be fully immersed, alright? So, uh, But here, we're, we're going to look in Mary's perspective in just a moment, but here's Joseph's perspective. Oftentimes, we kind of move by Joseph, but Joseph, even which I, I kind of laughed about this, and Katie and I stood there and, and, and giggled a little bit. You know, Aaron was up here, and uh, he's you know saying, you know, I had a baby this week, and Katie and I both looked at each other and go, no, he did not. <laughs> you know. Candace gave birth to the baby. You know, let's, let's be real. You weren't laying down there, bub, when that was going on. Uh, and you better be thankful to God you weren't. Uh, but, <laughs> but the reality is, without Aaron, Arrow would not be here. And I know that, that Joseph wasn't part of the conception of Jesus. Because we know that the Holy Spirit came upon Mary and conceived Jesus. That's why she's the Virgin Mary. And so, so Joseph wasn't part of the conception process. But listen to me today. Joseph was 1,000% integral into the story. Without Joseph, prophecies are not fulfilled. Mary was not from the line of David. Joseph was. Joseph was the one that was from Bethlehem, not Mary. 
So without Joseph, this doesn't work. See, and I, there's something that kind of has been welling up on the inside of me over the last several uh, years, really, as I've noticed. And as we travel, and this seems to be kind of across the board, but I go from church to church and place to place, and there's a lot of ladies that are serving and they're praying and they're worshiping, and I love that. But where the stink are the men? You know, like, I'm thankful for the fellas that are serving. And I, I listen, I, I'm not somebody that's like this macho, masculine, chauvinist pig. Well, probably a little bit. But where are the men? You know, you want to know why there is such a fatherless generation? Because there's a bunch of absent fathers. Never before have we had such a fatherless generation that there are men willing to father the, 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 the sons and the daughters and raise them up in the ways of the Lord. And listen to me, I'm not discounting the role of the mom because I'm going to talk about this in just a moment, but the reality is it takes a mother and a father. And some of you, if, listen to me, if you happen to be a single parent, I just want to tell you right now, you are a hero of mine because you are doing the job of two people and it's only been done by the power of the Holy Spirit as the grace of God has been placed in your life. It's, I'm, I mean, you are doing an amazing amazing job. Don't ever think that you're less than because there's only one of you. In fact, you're more than, you're double than. Come on, somebody. That's, you know, so I'm thankful for that. But the reality is, men, it's time for the men of God to be men again. It's okay to be manly. Listen to me today. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what the world is trying to, 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 to blur the lines of gender and blur the lines of all that garbage nonsense. Listen to me today. God made man and woman, and it's time for the man to stand up and be who God has called us to be as the spiritual heads of our family and lead our communities, our families, and our churches back into the revival of the Holy Spirit of God. I'm not ashamed to say that today. Without Joseph, the story of Christmas does not exist. Think about that. So I want us to understand this today, that God will make a way where there's, this is the provision of God. Joseph, the Bible here says that Joseph was a devout man. He was a deeply religious man. He was one that followed all the rules. He was a, he was a very practical, an Orthodox Jew. He followed all the stuff. He followed all the religion. He did everything he was supposed to do. Right, He followed everything that he knew was right. All the teachings, the law, he did his very best. And the Bible says that in early on, listen to me, early on, Mary becomes pregnant, conceived of the Holy Spirit. And we know this happens very early on. And, and Joseph is engaged to be married to her. Now, some of your Bibles will say, if you read some of the older translations of things, it, it's not just engaged, it's called like betrothed, that, that it's actually like this promise. And, and really, when they entered into this, this was as legal binding contract as a marriage certificate essentially like you were a couple at that point you weren't necessarily married yet but by all legal terms you were looked at exactly as a married couple and so for him to break off an engagement was the exact same as, as divorcing a wife of 20 years and the problem is in this culture at this time because the 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 just the, the man-made tradition and scheme and, and pig-headed men that grabbed the hold of the power, what would happen is if Joseph decided to walk away from Mary because she became pregnant without him, 
He would walk free and clear as if nothing ever happened to him, and Mary would have to live in disgrace and shame and pain and never be allowed to be married again and never be allowed to be a part of society. She would be looked at as trash for the rest of her life if Joseph decided to walk away. That's if he followed the religious scheme of the day. See, that's what oftentimes, that's what happens. And this is, this is probably one of the reasons why I enjoy coming here. Uh, listen, I, I'm thankful for, I'm thankful for structure. I'm thankful for doctrine. I'm, I'm thankful for, for, for leadership and accountability. But at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, if the only reason and the only way you are serving God is, is by some dreamed up man-made schemes called religion, you don't really have, Jesus is not really in your life. You're just doing what works best for you because religion ends up being a man-made manipulated scheme so the people have to come to people for the answers instead of being able to go right to God. See, that's what religion really is. If it gets to be so confusing and so complicated that you have to go ask a bunch of other people a bunch of questions because you can't go to God yourself, that's not God. That's man's religion because man really wants the power instead of surrendering to God. I'm thankful today the Freedom Valley is not that way. I'm thankful today that I am in a house where, listen to me, we are not dependent upon Tim. I, I, I love you and all, and I appreciate you. You know, you, you pump me up and make me feel so good about myself. But listen to me today. I'm nothing special. Pastor Aaron's nothing special. Pastor Candace, this has nothing to do with one person. This has everything to do with the person, Jesus Christ. This is everything about him. May the glory of God be reflected that when you see me, you don't see Jesus. That when Aaron is singing, you don't hear Aaron saying, when Candace is preaching, you don't hear Candace preaching, but you are hearing the very voice of God that we don't look to people, that our life and our relationship with the Lord isn't dependent upon another man or a woman, but our life and relationship with God is dependent upon him. See, it's, it's, this is the provision of God. That even though we need to walk away from our pain and our gains, really, with Joseph, it was what he already had figured out. Today, right now, I'm talking to those of us, you've been a part of church for a long time. And some of you, you were a part of church for a long time as a child, and you could see what would happen. You'd come into a church building like this, and people would raise their hands and sing, and they could even cry and, and you know do all the right stuff. They could come to an altar. You could hear them speaking in tongues, but then the same tongue that was, you know, sha-pa-pa and up here would go outside and do nothing but talk bad about everybody else on the inside. And we get so wrapped up and we fix our eyes on people that it takes, listen, the Bible says we're to fix our eyes on Jesus and allow him to become the author and perfecter of our faith. So I'm talking to those of us that have been established for a little while. And I'm also talking to those of us that maybe you were a part of church. You were a part of the things of God as a child. But now you've kind of walked away from that because all you could do is fix your eyes on the hypocrites. And you really want the genuine special article. You want the real thing. Listen to me. Today. I'm thankful today that God provides a way. He makes a path. He makes a way where there seems to be no way we have to we have to change we have to allow ourselves to be changed the provision of God means it's not me coming up with the answers it's not you having to come to me for the answers but it's that we change our perception that we fix our eyes on Jesus and we do not fix our eyes on man we fix our eyes on, on God and we do not fix our eyes on a religious scheme we fix our eyes on what Jesus has already done for us and we take our eyes off of what we did for us 
Hebrews says to fix our eyes on Jesus and allow him to become the author and perfecter of our faith. I talked a little bit about this last week, so I'm not going to stay here too long. But it says when we do that, that Jesus becomes the author and perfecter, the beginning and end of our faith, right? And we said last week that Jesus is the one who is, the one who was, and the one who is to come. That he is the alpha and he is the omega. He's the beginning and he's the end, right? We love to talk about that. This is religion. We love to talk about what was. We love to talk about what is coming. But we don't really like to talk about what is right now. Because this is the hard part. All right, listen, everybody can be an expert on something that hasn't happened yet. You know, I got my, I got a pretty good idea what I feel the end times are going to be. And I really know, I, I got no doubt in my mind that I'm spending eternity with Jesus. But really the details of some of the things at the end, I really don't give a rip. Listen, I, I'm studying and I love looking into this thing because a lot of it reflects the glory of God. But at the end of the day, if I happen to be wrong in a few details, I'm going to be okay with that. I just want to be with Jesus forever. I'm not going to stand up and say, God, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> right? Everybody can be an expert on something that hasn't happened yet. And then everybody can be an expert on what was, right? Because we all remember the way it was the way we want to remember it, right? It's, isn't it interesting how we all can make the past work for us? We love talking about the Alpha, you know, all the little baby Jesus, born in a manger, so sweet and snugly, wrapped in strips of cloth, you know. We love talking about that. We love, we, you know, we, we love talking about the beginning. We love talking about the end. But what about right here in the middle? See, not only is Jesus the Alpha and the Omega, not only is he the A and the Z, but this is kind of a stupid thing, but you're not going to forget this. He's also the LMNOP, right? He's with you in the middle. He's with you in the middle. You are not far and distant from God. Even when we mess up, even when we're searching, your questions and your insecurities, your pain, your shortcoming, all the, all the, all the stuff that we thought was right, none of that takes God by surprise. He's not, he's not shocked. He's not upset. He's not overwhelmed with your breadth of knowledge. But when we come to Jesus, see, we have to allow our perception to be changed. It's self that must change. And it's whenever God makes a path for us. This is, this is the path to heaven. It is the in the middle. See, that our great hope is that one day we will spend eternity with Jesus. Can I tell you, hope is found in the middle. Hope is found when I'm not real sure that I need what I need to let go of and what I need to grab hold of where I need to go as I pick up my feet I'm not real sure where it's going to get set down but I trust that God's going to put that ground underneath of me that listen it, hope is in the middle hope is whenever I'm in the waiting and I said this last week and I kind of brushed over real quick but listen to me your waiting season is not a wasting season when you're in the waiting, when you've been praying for that miracle and it just hasn't happened yet, when you've been praying for that prodigal to come home yet and it just hasn't happened yet, when you've been praying for those things to happen and they just, listen, hope is in the middle. I love what Paul says in Romans. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you with completely with all joy and peace because you trust in him. Then, and I love this part, you will overflow with not just hope, but confident hope. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Hope is that blessed assurance that Jesus really is mine. He's with me every step of the way. See, it, it, it provides a path that really wasn't even there. See, I, I, I want you to get this to, the, today. Jesus, what city was Jesus born in again? Everybody remember? 
Bethlehem. Now, what I love about Bethlehem, Bethlehem, yeah, that's right, I brought my own bread. It kind of looks funny. I don't know. But, <laughs> Bethlehem, <laughs> all right, I'm saying it because I'm here and I like y'all. Tell me that don't look like a butt right now, all right? Candace, this is what happens when you have baby, you don't show up and you give me the microphone. Don't you do that again. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my. Jesus was born in the city of David, known as Bethlehem, right? That, that there was a census that was needed to be taken. And so Mary and Joseph, they had to, go, <laughs> they had to go back to Bethlehem. Right now, we know, and we're going to talk, unpack this a little bit more in just a second, but stick with me. Mary and Joseph, Joseph was in from the line of David. His, so his family, whenever they had a census, he had to go back to Bethlehem to be counted. He had to go back to his family's origin, back to Bethlehem, the city of David, Bethlehem. He had to go back there, right? And so we know that, that Mary and Joseph, they're living in Nazareth, right? That's the home, Jesus hometown. That's where, you know, his, that's where Mary and Joseph were living. But whenever the governor called for a census to be taken, listen, Mary was already pregnant. In fact, we know, and, and we'll read this a little bit in, in the book of Luke, but Mary was already in her third trimester whenever they had to travel. It was about 90 miles, listen to me, about 90 miles from Nazareth all the way over to Bethlehem. And they decided, because of the way it forks out, and you look at the calendar, listen, it was about a 90-mile trek. They had to make it in four days, all right? So they had to average, and kind of an average walk, the way a person walks, you walk about two and a half miles an hour. So if they, if Joseph walked about two and a half miles an hour, listen to me, it was about an eight-hour walk for four days in a row. Oh, gloria a Dios. And, and so, you know, they, they, they walked about two and a half miles per hour. They're walking just a regular walk for eight hours a day. Now you think that's not a big deal, but be a pregnant woman in a hot desert and tell me how that works out for you. Right? In your third trimester, nonetheless. Right? And she's, you know, she's riding on a donkey. She's walking. She's doing whatever, but it was a track for eight hours a day for, five, for eight hours of solid walking, not stopping eight hours of solid walking for four, for, for four days in a row. And they get to Bethlehem, and we know they get to Bethlehem, and as they get there, you know, there's no room for them in, in, in the regular, uh, you know, hotel, essentially. And so the innkeeper has a stable, which is on the outskirts of town. And listen to me, I know we love to look at this stuff, but the reality is, this wasn't like this nice little wooden stable with a nice little warm glow on the inside of it. It was actually a dark cave on the edge of town. It was not a wooden manger. It was a, it was stone that was hewed out on the side of a cave in, inside the wall that they would place water. They'd place food for the animals. And that's where Jesus, as, as we know that that's where Jesus was placed after he was born in that manger in this dark, dingy, damp cave. Right? It wasn't like these nice birthing rooms. You go into a hospital now, you know, we'll go in to visit people and whatever. And you'll go in and like, it just looks like a normal room. And then they start touching buttons and it looks like Star Trek. Stuff just like starts coming out from every little which way, you know, all this stuff happened. These screens fall down, like all this. It's nuts what they do now. But this straight up was around a bunch of animals in a dark cave. And this all happened in a town called Bethlehem. Now Bethlehem is an Aramaic word, a Hebrew word. And uh, it, the, the word Bethlehem, I'm going to kind of break it apart for you, right? So every time you see the word Beth, if you hear the word Beth, Beth means house. 
right? So if, for instance, Jacob had a dream, saw the angels ascending and descending on the ladder of God, you know, and he called the place Bethel, the gateway of God, which means Bethel means house of God, Beth house, El for Elohim, which means the house of God. All right. How many remember the, 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 the lame man at the pool of Bethesda? Right. And he was he was healed there. He was, was sick for like 30 years or whatever. Wasn't, be, wasn't able to walk for 30 years. And then finally, Jesus shows up at the pool of Bethesda and heals the man. Beth, again, meaning house. Uh, Seda, uh, Kesda simply means mercy. So this 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 man that was lame was healed in the house of mercy. All right. So when Jesus goes, when his family, Mary and Joseph, Joseph being from the house of David in the original town for the house of David is the city of Bethlehem. They go to Bethlehem. Beth means house, but Lehem is, is Hebrew for bread. So Jesus, the bread of life was born in the house of bread. I love this about the Lord. Listen to me. You might think in, a, in an instant where you don't have what it takes, there's no way you're going to be able to get there. Joseph could no longer rely upon his religious system. He would, could no longer rely uh, upon all the pious people that told him how to live, but he had to simply work and move through the word of God and go to where God was leading him. And listen to me. Oftentimes, God tells you where to go without telling you how you're going to get there. Listen to me today. I'm telling you that when you get to your destination, God is always going to have a way for you. Bread will always be plenty for you. You will never have to search for the provision of God because God will make a way where there seems to be no way. I'm thankful today for the bread of God. Don't you love bread? God will always be with you every step of the way. I used to, honey, what's the name of that place? Lambert's, right? I don't know if you've ever been to Springfield, Missouri. If you go to Springfield, Missouri, you got to go to this place called Lambert's. It's actually right by James River Assembly. But if you go to this place called Lambert's, it's this place where they, like, if you walk in and you, I, you like, you even side-eye one of the waiters, right? That's right. Yeah, you've been, oh, you heard, I heard you wait. And they will, like, they will get you. I mean, they'll, they will hit you right. And these guys have aim. I mean, I don't under, look, tons of joy. I mean, these people, they're, they're right with it every step of the way. You're hungry, man. Have one. Like, they, they will make away every step of the way. They'll, they'll, they'll make bread. I mean, you, if you even look at them and they'll throw the bread, I mean, they will, I, they will put it right in your face. I'll never forget it. They, they, when, when you first come, you, you come there and they lay out a brown, Napkin right over the table in front of you and people walk around with these big things, right? And it'll be like fried okra and, uh, I don't know, whatever the, whatever the, uh, you know, what they got. And they'll just come over and they'll dish it out on your, on your table and you just sit there eating it. And as you're like looking around, if you even like, you put your head up, you're going to get, I remember I took, I took a hot roll with butter on it right into my face. I mean, I was anointed. I felt like there was oil dripping down my, but what I'm telling you is that God will provide for you every step of the way. He wanted one. I saw it. He put his hand. 30-second rule, 30-second rule, 30-second rule. That's right. He doesn't even care. That's why I love Freedom Valley. God will make a way for you every step of the way. Listen to me. Some of you got to stop relying on what you can provide for you and your family. God's calling you out. And you say, but God, how is this going to work? Stop asking how this is going to work and just simply say, God, I trust you. You have to be willing to trust God. Knowingly that at the right time, bread will show up. That God will be with you every step of the way. That God is going to make a way for you. Or that Bethlehem is proof that God makes a way. He provides when there, there seems like all hope is gone. God will provide for you every step of the way.
Don't ever deny that God will make a way for you. He loves you this morning. You're not far and distant from him. Is there more bread in there? No, it's made a mess. You are not far and distant from God. But when you trust God, he'll provide a way for you. Allow yourself to be changed. Change your perspective and allow God to change your path. Let's, let's, let's flip over to Luke chapter one. Let's finish this thing up. Luke chapter one, verse 26. Now this, that was kind of the perspective of Joseph, right? Now, listen to the perspective of Mary. And this is, this is kind of interesting. This is why, listen, this is why it's important for you to study God's word. Cause when you begin to study, you start to realize there's different reasons and purpose behind every book and why different books were written. Matthew was written to a group of Jewish people. And so he wanted to reach them and meet them where they were. So he needed to write to them from the perspective of a man because that's the only way they really would receive the message. Now you get to Luke. Luke was a, Luke was actually a physician, but he's writing to a group of Gentiles. And so these Gentiles, not only were they kind of exiled because they weren't, you were like chowing down on that bread over there. And I see it, look at him going, he's blessed. But listen, not only, not only were they like a group of Jewish people, but are not Jewish. So they were kind of like segregated, but not only, but Gentiles, but Gentile women were like, they were just like the bottom of the bottom in the culture. And so Luke wants to show how God can work through anybody anytime he wants to. Look what happens now. Luke, Luke chapter 1, verse 26. That in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appealed to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed... I'd say, what? I mean, how would you act? Let's be real. We all want to act like super spiritual. But when was the last time an angel just showed up and started talking to you out of no way, right? I mean, like, I'd be a little bit more, like, dazed and confused. I'd be like more, I need to change my drawers and confused kind of deal. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to uh, uh, think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, the angel told her. Listen to that. Listen to verse 30. There's two key verses. This is one of them. Do not be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. Underline that, highlight, circle that. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever and his kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the baby to be born will be holy. Remember, holy means sacred and set apart. And he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now already in her sixth month. Listen now, for the word of God will never fail. Let me say that again. For the word of God will never fail. And Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. Listen, not only is the presence of Christmas, meaning God is with us as he is our provision, but listen to me, he is also our power. He's what gets me through the day. 
I don't know about y'all, but there's oftentimes moments where I'm like, even this morning, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm kind of going through the, the word and the things I felt God has given me to share with you today. And, you know, and then, and then you know, I think Chris comes and, and you know, talks about it like, oh, here comes Steve, he's going to do this big word and yeah, blah, 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 and all this stuff. And we, we, like, I feel this pressure. And all of a sudden, as I begin to feel this pressure on myself as a man, I'm like, oh, I don't have it. How many of ever there's been a responsibility, there's been a task placed in front of you and you, re you recognize there is no way I'm going to get this done with me? No way. Mary, a teenage girl, listen to me, young people. You are not the church of tomorrow. You are the church of today. You're here right now. God has a plan and a purpose for you today. You don't have to wait until you're 20, 30, 40 years old for God to use you. Age is not a determination in the qualifications of God. Let me just say that right now. That goes for young and that goes for old. If you think that you're too old to serve, if you think that you're too old for God to use you, honey, I got news for you. As long as there is breath in your lungs, God has a plan and a purpose for you and he will provide power for you to do everything he has caused and planned out for you to do. Now listen to me, this power comes in a couple different ways because oftentimes here in verse 30 it shows up and Mary is confused and disturbed and the angel says, don't be afraid, he told her. Fear not, for you have found favor with God. Listen, it's power to overcome fear. Many of us, and I think many of us know this already, uh, but fear, it, fear not, those two words, fear not, or do not be afraid in, in newer translations, but the term fear not is the number one most volume command in all the Bible. Let's mean, that's not a suggestion, it's not an encouragement, it's a command. Let me say this again. When God says, when an angel, when he says fear not, it's a command. It's not an option for us. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you should not be dealing with fear, period. It's a command. Now, I'm not saying the fears are going to come to you at any moment, but what I'm telling you, as Mary, the Bible here says in verse 29, she was confused. She was, she was uncertain. She didn't know what was about to happen. She was disturbed. Oftentimes, isn't that what fear is? Right? We have that. Our reaction to fear is oftentimes fight or flight, freeze or fawn. Right, do we come up with this, this, when we, we have a fear moment, we, we're ready to fight, we're ready to go, we're ready to defend ourselves, and our defense mechanisms come up. Right? And different defense mechanisms are, are determined, and other times it's, it's flight, where we just want to get out of there. That's part of the fight process. I don't know if you know, fight and flight are actually go together. It's not one or the other. Because oftentimes your way of fighting is running from the fight. You just surrender. Because you think you're not worth it. You're not worth fighting over. And you'll run and get away out of the problem. Other times we freeze. We're just... <gasps> and we try not to be noticed, even a room full of people. Even this morning, some of us are in the room, and we're like, I don't want to be noticed. I just kind of want to blend in. Don't stick out. Make sure you're not on the end of an aisle, because when he comes running by, or he's throwing bread, or he takes the iPhone camera and comes and sits down in front of you and takes a selfie in the middle of the service... Right? And we just, we don't want to be noticed. We just kind of want to be, right? I'm not here. Right? I feel like that, that Bruce Willis movie. I don't even know why I'm saying it. I see dead people. We just kind of want to be. 
Now you got to pray for my wife. She puts up with this all the time. We freeze. Oftentimes we fawn. Say, what does that mean? With that, I, I'm not talking about like those sweet little backstraps of a young deer. All right. I'm talking about <laughs> fawning means that you like try and please everybody else so that they'll like you because you're doing good things for them. And your life is more about pleasing people than it is about pleasing God. Oftentimes, this is why people stay in abusive relationships, because if they think they can just stay there and it becomes their identity, and if, if, if they can like make you happy, they'll never be abused by anybody else again, because they assume the way they've been treated is the way they'll always be treated, regardless of the person. So as long as they make that person happy, Mary, a teenage girl. Listen, I don't know if you realize this or not. Mary, Mary wasn't 20 years old. She wasn't 19. She wasn't 18. Most biblical scholars believe she's 15 years old or younger. And an angel shows up and says, hey, you're going to get pregnant. Whoa. Right? I mean, I don't know about people in their mid-30s that find out they get pregnant. I, 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 don't, I don't know, like, my wife... I, pregnant i remember so my wife and i you know we have four kids right and so one more and 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 i i love i i love our kids you know i was happy my our, our daughter's the oldest right she's 19 and then we had a son and josiah he's 15 right he's 15 years old oh hallelujah i'm tearing stuff up already josiah's 15 hudson is 12 right ariana is eight years old all right so josiah is you know I, we had a daughter and then we had a son. I'm good. I'm done. I'm out. Right. My wife came from a big family. She, she, so she wanted to have like four or five kids. I'm, oh, nay, 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 nay. I am done. Like two. We're on a ministry budget, honey. Come on now. You know what I'm talking about? And she's like, no, that's how, so we had, we had the third one, right? And so we're like, she's happy. All right. We have three, right? And then now we have four. <laughs> I'll never forget as we, as we, uh, I was out traveling, I was by myself and I come home after being away for a week or so, whatever it was. And, and, uh, I come home and it was the birthday party for Emily, right? And yeah, we had a birthday party. So I show up right at where we are having a birthday party at this pool place. And, uh, so all the kids are swimming or whatever. And then we get home. And as we get home, I'm dragging my bags into the bedroom and I sit my back, my suitcase up and I'm unpacking. And my wife comes over from her side of the bed and reaches in the drawer and pulls out this Ziploc bag. And inside the Ziploc bag was the pregnancy test. And she just like wings it across the bed and she goes, here, you know, so that's how I found out Ariana was coming. You know, but I was, you know, at that point, I don't know what, I was 35 years old at that point, 34 years old. Whatever, you know, having another baby, we can do this. But a 15-year-old girl, not married, in a culture, in a culture that she would be, like, segregated and pushed down into the garbage dumps of society if she would have found out she was pregnant without being married. She gets disturbed and she gets confused and the angel shows up and says, don't be afraid. Fear not. Why? Because the favor of God is upon you. Listen to me. The world can attack you. They'll try and rob your, they'll try and rob your peace of mind. But listen to me. They can't take your favor. 
When God's, listen, favor is this, is this Greek word charis, which means the grace of God, the goodness of God, that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living, that his goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, that when I am fully surrendered to God, that I trust him in every moment, every circumstance, in every season. Listen to me today. This world, they might try, they might try and come and take your house, but they can't take your favor. They might try and take your job, but God, the, the world cannot take your favor. They might try and separate your family and pull things apart, but they can't take your favor. In fact, I just had somebody to me on, on Thursday. Uh, and, and they, they come over and things had worked out for me, per, like just like little details of life had just worked out for me, right? Like something that didn't even really matter. They were this where I was on Thursday. They were giving away this stuff. And, and uh, my daughter plays basketball for Waynesburg University. And so uh, they're, they're, they're colors, which are really ugly colors. I, so I have nothing that really matches their stuff. It's, it's black and burnt orange. Like that's weird, right? Exactly. I heard Aaron go, Ugh, I know. I have nothing that way. And so they're giving away like these Sika jackets. If you know what Sika is, it's like a, it's like bougie hunting apparel, essentially. All right. It's like way above my evangelist budget. All right. And they're giving this stuff away. He comes over and he hands me this, this Sika jacket. And guess what color it was? Black and burnt orange. I say to the guy, I said, man, you're not going to believe this, but I, I don't have anything. I needed something like this. And he goes, he says to me, because he knows me, and he's this, Jew, this Jewish guy, right? Practicing, Orthodox Jew, practicing. He goes, he goes, things just tend to work out for you, don't they? I said, you better believe it. <laughs> even the little details, even things you think don't matter, even though you think that God, that the stuff you think that nobody else pays attention, nobody else sees, nobody else has recognized. I got news for you. God knows the number of hair on your head. He knows exactly where you are today. I got news. There's nothing this world can do that can remove the favor of God that is upon your life. Well, I serve a good God. I will see, I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor begging for bread. Surely I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. God's favor is upon my life. And when you trust and you serve God, regardless of whatever your weakness might be, listen to me today, you will have power to overcome fear. You will have power to overcome the insecurities of this world. And, and listen, we have to lay down our security blankets. How do you do this? The Bible here says in verse 37, Mary goes, how's this all going to happen? How's this all going to work out? In verse 37, the angel says, the word of God will never fail. Other, other translations say nothing is impossible with God. I love, I, I go to Central America uh, quite a bit and I love the, the nation of Nicaragua. I, I love going there and the people, God has just given me a heart for them. And there's amazing things that are happening in that nation. And, uh, my, kind of my home church there, uh, that's called Hosanna. And, and, and the, the, on the back wall underneath of their name, it has this word, con Dios lo impasible no existe. Which simply means this. With God, the impossible doesn't even exist. That doesn't get you going. Con Dios lo impasible no existe. With God, it doesn't even, the impossible isn't even possible. You hear me? The, the impossible has no room to be in the presence of God. When you are in the presence of God, anything and everything you could possibly ever want, need, or desire is found in the presence of God. Acceptance and joy and healing and freedom and, and the grace of God that is abounding. Listen, in my moment of weakness, in the presence of God, his strength is made perfect. Even though Mary, a teenage girl that seemingly had nothing to offer in a culture that was dictated by a bunch of macho men, 
man. I'm thankful today that a little 15-year-old girl decided to surrender her life and say, yes, God, I trust you. I will follow you. And that she stood on the word of God. The word of God will never fail. When you declare the word of God and you send his word out over your life, his word will never return void. His word always accomplishes everything it was intended to do. See, Tim, how does this practical? How does this work? Listen, the Bible says that we can pray his word, declare his word over you and your family. If you don't know his word, it's in these 66 books right here. You can download it all on any smart device. There's all kinds of apps you can use. Uversion and Bible Gateway and a lot of different things you can download and read. Listen, listen, I dare you to proclaim the promises of God over your life. Listen, you don't want to know why? His word's better than my word. Y'all get, y'all got excited at the beginning of the service. I said freedom and, 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 and the authority of Jesus Christ, freedom and healing and hope, which you've been struggling with for weeks, months, and years is done and over with. That sounds great and awesome when it's coming for me, but it sounds even better when it comes from the one who sticks to his promises every step of the way. I'm not going to be here come next week, but Jesus is. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never turn his, he'll never turn his back on you, but you can pray the word. You can proclaim the word over you and your family today. But so many of us, we get stuck and all we want to do is walk around and just have our own little blankies, right? Oh, we love this. You know, we want to stay a babe. Some of us never want to mature because we assume if we never mature, people will always take care of us. And that's how we come our identity, right? And we just walk around. Say, look at that 43-year-old man. Look like a fool. So do you. I'm doing it to be funny. You're doing it to live. What my kids used to do. I don't even know what, why rubbing the top of your nose, what it does, but it did something for them. Listen. <laughs> what the stuff I do here, I have no idea. Yeah, we want the provision of God, so we have to have ourself changed. But if you want the power of God, you've got to lay down your own security blankets. You've got to. What you've been able to do, the people you've been able to manipulate, you get people to feel bad about you, right? They'll so look at me, I don't have it, I'm just a baby, I need help. Bail me out. I spent too much money, so I need the government to send me a check. That's not a Republican thing or a Democrat thing. This is a biblical principle thing. It's because here's the thing. God's going to provide for you every step of the way. I want you to hear me. I want you, I want you to hear this role. If somebody taught, spoke this into my life, and it's been so true for me. Everything God orders, he'll pay for. But everything you order, you better pay for Follow God's path. Lay down your security blanket. Stop acting like you have it all figured out. Sometimes with Joseph, it was his religion. He had to lay it down. With Mary, it was her being too young to be used by God. She had to lay it down. Fear not. Why? Because God is with you. I don't think you are getting this. I have a friend. He's I want I, an old time friend. I want to. He, he'll tell you. Go ahead, Linus. Will you take it away, man? That's your cue. 
There it is. By night, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The only time that Linus ever dropped his blanket when he said, Fear not, because God is with you. The only time, in fact, there is one other moment that he actually drops his blanket. See, this was, goes all the way back, I believe it was 1965, they came to Charles Schultz and asked him to come up with a Christmas special with, you know, Peanuts, the, you know, Snoopy and the Peanuts gang. He said the only way he would do it if he was allowed to put in the story of Jesus. They refused, they refused, and finally they gave in to it, and he wrote, so for the last, what is it, 60 years or so now, almost? People every year around Christmas time have heard Linus tell them the true meaning of Christmas. But you can fear not because God is with you. Your past, you can let it go. Your, 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 your goodness, what you think you figured out, guess what? You recognize you don't have what it takes. Stop trying to play the game. Act like you let it go. The only other time that Linus ever drops his blanket is later on when Charlie Brown comes out with his tree, remember the Charlie Brown Christmas tree? It's like one little branch and he puts one bulb on it and the thing goes all the way down over. You know what Linus does? He comes over, he takes his blanket and he wraps it around the bottom of that tree. And when he does that, that tree goes, stands up nice and tall. Mary said, how's this all going to work out? The angel said, listen to me. The word of God will never fail. And this was her response. She began to praise God. In verse 46, she says, Oh, my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. I will be the, for he will be the mighty one who is holy. He has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and the haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and he has remembered to be merciful. For he has made his promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his children forever. God will always keep his promises. Listen to me. The presence of God is his provision. The presence of God is his power. And the presence of God is a promise fulfilled that he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. On your worst day when you feel like you don't have what it takes, I dare you to praise God anyway. The step into the power of God as you begin to lay down your security blankets and lay them at the tree of Jesus and allow your weakness to become made strong through the power and the grace of Jesus Christ. Listen to me, you have nothing to be afraid of because the favor of God is upon your life. 
May his favor be upon you for a thousand generations. May you be blessed in your coming, in your going, when the sun goes up and when the sun goes down. I pray that God will bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he turn towards you and give you peace and grace in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare you and your family are highly favored of the Lord. From this day on, the favor of God breaks every, not just breaks it, it destroys every yoke of bondage so they can never be put back together again in the name of Jesus Christ. And it all comes that when we praise the Lord and we lay down our security blankets and lay them at the feet of Jesus. That's the praise of God. That's really what worship is. Giving God everything we have, all the good and all the bad. Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? Hallelujah. I believe the presence of the Lord is in this house. Some of you are going to be like Jacob, as I said, when, when he shows up and has that, that dream and see angels ascend and descend upon the throne of God, he wakes up and says, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. Listen to me. The presence, the power, the permanence of God is not determined by your perception. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Stop fixing your eyes on the way you feel, whether the preacher preached just the way you wanted him to or we sing your favorite song. None of that determines the goodness of God. God is a good God all by himself. He is not, his goodness is not determined by my lack thereof. Today, I believe fear is defeated. Fear is defeated in this room right now. We're simply going to begin to praise because the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. He inhabits the praises of his people. Hey, will you give me the, you give me your chair? You just hand me your chair as quick as you can. Thanks, man. Check this out. The Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. You know what that, just practically speaking, when you begin to worship God despite the pain, despite the heartache, despite what you think it should have been, when you surrender it to the Lord, the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. That literally means that God goes, he takes out a big chair, and he sits it down right in the middle of your praise, and he is enthroned. He takes, he, his throne room becomes right in the middle of your praise. Oftentimes, the highest level of praise we can have is a sacrifice of praise. When you don't feel like it, when the temporary circumstances around you tell you otherwise, that there's no reason for you to thank God right now because of all the pain and all the heartache, all the missteps, all the problems, all the, all the garbage of the past, all your shortcomings. It's not about what I can do. It's about how good God is. I dare you today to praise God. I dare you today to give God the glory. Even if you don't feel, if you don't know the word, there is some men in the room. It's time for you to be a man and lead your family into the presence of God by worship. Don't sit back and say, well, I don't sing well. I'm not on pitch. I don't give a rip what you sound like. God, listen, I know with my kids, I love to hear my kids sing. Some of them have great voices and a couple of them are pretty much tone deaf. But I'm telling you right now, I'd rather hear my kids sing than anybody else. You want to know why? Because they're mine. They're mine. I turn the radio down that has Grammy award-winning artists on it. I turn it down to hear my kid sing because they're mine. God's the same way with you. I dare you today to lift your voice. Come on, all across this place. Come on, would you lift your hands? Lift your heart to the Lord this morning in just these last few moments we have together. Let's worship the Lord in Jesus' name. Oh, yeah. Come on, declare that over you and your family. Yeah.
Oh yeah. Jesus.
Come on, all across this place. Come on. You, you can say this prayer. You don't have to say it word for word, but you need to mean it. And somehow you need to declare this out loud. Come on, say Jesus. Oh, come on, all across this place. Say Jesus. I believe you. I admit that I need you. And I confess you as the Lord of my life. From this day on, I am saved. I am healed. I have been made whole. From this day on, I am free. What was dead in my life, may it now come alive. In Jesus' name, I live by the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I have decided. I've made up my mind. I will serve the Lord. In Jesus' name. Come on, and everybody said, amen. Come on, give God a big shout of praise in this house. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, or you were on the outside looking in, there's going to be a phone number going to come up somewhere along the way. There'll be people that are here to pray with you. Tom, hand me that song. Hand me that song. Yeah, you're good. Biggest miracle of them all, right here. Biggest miracle of them all. If you're watching online, wherever you might be, if you're in the room and you're afraid to come and talk to somebody, I dare you, right? Go ahead and text. Text I'm in. 717-634-7910. Right now, there's somebody just to chat with you, walk with you every step of the way. You don't have to do this alone. However you want to be connected, listen to me. We're here to serve you. We're here to love on you. We're trying to answer any question you may have, but the reality is we don't have the answer to every question. Sometimes the greatest faith-filled statement we can make is, I don't know. But you don't have to walk through it alone anymore. God's with you every step of the way. I dare you to say amen. In fact, if you're in this room today, house lights come up just a little bit. If you're in this room today and you say, Tim, I just made a decision to follow Jesus. The Bible says in the book of Luke that when one sinner comes home, the angels of God rejoice. So if you're in this room and you say, Tim, I just made that decision to follow Jesus. This is your moment right now. Not only is your life going to be changed, but your entire family, the trajectory of the, of the pathway of generations until Jesus comes is changing because of the decision you've already made. You've already surrendered to the Lord. You've already prayed the prayer. Listen, it's already done. The old is gone and the new has come. This is just an opportunity for you to take your first step of faith. If you're here today and say, Tim, I just made that decision to follow Jesus. I'm simply going to count to three and ask you to lift your hand right where you are. The Bible says in the book of Luke that when one sinner comes home, the angels of God rejoice, which means this. You know Freedom Valley. You are not alone in this. Let's give them a proper welcome into the family of God. This is not a funeral. This is a resurrection for the glory of Jesus Christ. If you just made that decision to follow Jesus, when I say three, I want you to lift your hand as high as you can. Come on, you know who you are. God loves you. You don't have to worry about what anybody else thinks about you. The king of all creation sent his son to walk with you and talk with you and just let you know you're not alone but you are saved you are set free don't allow the lie of the enemy to tell you that it's not it's just an emotional thing you've made a decision it's done and it's over with in jesus name when i say three i dare you to lift your hand and as you lift your hand i believe addictions are falling off your life as you lift your hand the back of depression will be broken off of you and your family in the name of jesus christ if you just said tim i just made a decision to follow Jesus. I dare you when I say three to lift your hand. One, two, come on. If it's you, lift your hand high right now. Three, come on. Is there anybody who will wait? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, come on. Give God a big shout. Give God a big shout. Give God a big 
shout, it's worth more than this. It's worth more than this. Now listen, just in a closing moment, we're not going to pray or run a marathon, but just in a closing moment, I just simply want to speak blessing over you as we sing this bridge. May his favor be upon you for a thousand generations. And just in a, like a, a moment of family, if we can do this together, if you desire the favor of God to be upon you, if you want the provision of God, if you want the, the presence of God to be with you for the power of God, just as the power of God came upon Mary and allowed God to do everything he had intended to be accomplished in her life, if you're here today, you say, Tim, I desire the favor of God. And just in a closing moment, can we pack in real close like a family? Just as much like me and my family, we're going to gather together for Christmas here over the weekend coming up. But can we do that as we sing this song together? Come on. I'm going to speak favor and blessing over you. Step out right where you are. Come as close as you can. Put your toes right up against the front there if you can. Come on. Let's go ahead and sing this together here. Yeah. Come on. Pack in tight. Get in tight. To the Get in tight. To the yeah. Yeah. You're blessed. You're favored. You're favored. Yeah.
come into agreement. Come into alignment. and I, I don't want to invade your privacy. I don't want to do any of that. But there's moments when God is calling us to step out of the darkness and into the marvelous light of the favor of God. Some of you, your addiction, the power of your addiction is held in the secrecy of it. I'm not going to ask you to come up here and tell everybody what's going on. I'm just simply going to ask you if you're in this room right now and you say, Tim, I'm ready to lay down the security blanket of secrecy and say, I am struggling. There's an addiction. I'm sure I don't need to, nobody needs to know the addiction. You just need to say, Tim, I'm struggling with addiction. Now listen to me. I believe in just a moment, I'm going to have you raise your hand right where you are. And even as you raise your hand, you are, it's going to feel like all of it, as you raise, it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. Some of you are going to have your hands all up in, in, in your side. You're going to have them in your pockets. It's going to be hard. But the higher you get that hand, all of a sudden it's going to get, and then by the time you get, it's going to be like you're free. You're going to feel the weight lift off of you in the name of Jesus Christ. If you're in the room, man, woman, child, whoever you might be, and you say, Tim, I'm struggling with an addiction right now. In the name of Jesus, I dare you to lift your hand right where you are and receive the freedom of God. That's it. All over this room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave it up. 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 Come on. You're not. You thought you were going to be the only one. Now you know you're not. Lift your hand. Go ahead. You're not alone. Come on, leave it up, leave it up, leave it up. If somebody has their hand near you, prayer team, if you're available, whatever you might be, just real quick, just a real moment. Lord, in the name of Jesus, come on, speak favor. Don't pray against an addiction. Speak the favor of God. It's the favor of God. It's the grace of God that breaks every yoke of bondage. And it's the favor of God that brings his word. It's his word that has been sent to heal your disease of addiction. In the name of Jesus Christ, I declare freedom over you, over your family. In the name of Jesus freedom. His favor is upon you. 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 In the name of Jesus Christ, may the back of addiction be broken right now. In Jesus' name. Jesus. 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 You are never going to the next time you desire to take one of those painkillers, all of a sudden the presence of God is going to surround your mind. He's going to surround your mind. You will no longer be addicted to that prescription, not one more day. In the name of Jesus Christ, you're free. You're free. 
Christ. Pierce through the darkness of your addiction to pornography right now. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There is freedom in this house. I'm telling you right now, there is no sense for you to carry something in here and walk out with it. You're free in Jesus' name. You're free. You're free. You're free. If you've been battling fear, come on, lift your hand right where you are. You've been battling fear. Lift your hand up real high. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you are not alone. Not one day. You're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. God was with you when you were sitting on the edge of your bed wondering what, whether or not it's worth it. It's worth it. You're worth it. God gave his life for you. You're worth it, young man. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're with us. The presence of God, he's here. He's never left you, even when you couldn't feel it, even when you couldn't understand it, he was with you every step of the way. God, why is my life going in this direction? I can never have that figure. Why, God, why? Because God was setting you up to receive the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit you and your family has ever received. His favor is upon you for a thousand generations. Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yeah. God, we don't have to have it all fixed. God, we surrender those folks to you now in the name of Jesus. Lord, all the things we've tried to do to fix it for ourselves and for everybody else, and it just seems like it's one thing after the other, one thing after the other. Lord, right now, may confusion and misunderstanding, may it cease under the peace of Jesus Christ. I speak the peace of God over your mind in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Peace in Jesus' name.
you and your husband, you've desired a child, and every time Christmas rolls around and every time somebody else has a baby, it sends you into that downward spiral. There's other of us in the room today. This is the first Christmas season we're going without a loved one. And it's hard. You're struggling. It's hard. But if either one of those things are you, come on, would you just lift your hand right where you are? I want to speak the favor and blessing of God over your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that we would change our perspective right now, that we would fix our eyes on you. We make a determination, Lord, to fix our eyes on you. season without a loved one, Lord, I pray the nearness of the presence of God would be so real. Lord, that we could trust you and to know that we are not alone, that you are our ever-present help in time of need, that you stick closer than even a brother does. Those of you that, wow, those of you that raise your hands and um, you say, You've desired a child, but you know you you haven't been able to have one. Is any of you like you're also dealing with a thyroid problem? Is that anybody? I just want to like I know this seems weird and strange, but that's why I got to say it out loud because it's too weird for me to come up on my own. Who's dealing with a thyroid issue? Anybody dealing with thyroid issue? Yeah, yeah. Come on, you lift your hand up nice and high, Lord, in the name of Jesus. How many? Is there somebody dealing with a thyroid issue and you've desired a child, both? I don't know if that makes sense or not, but is that, is that you? Anybody else? Yeah, all right. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Come on, leave your hands up. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I declare healing and freedom in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I declare healing. Christmas is all about promises fulfilled. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Lord, what the enemy had meant for evil. Lord, would you turn it around for your glory and for our benefit? Hallelujah. Oh, peace of God. Peace of God. Jesus. Lord, I declare healing in her mind and in her body. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Wow. his lungs would be filled with fresh air from the Holy Spirit right now. In Jesus' name. 
Hallelujah. 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 Jesus.
we gave a call for salvation already to surrender your life to the Lord. But you just thought, oh, I'll wait some other time. It's not for me. Right now, I need to wait. God, tell you, God's stopping everything for you right now. You, you might be online. You might be in this room. But there's somebody today. You've been waiting. This is your last chance. I'm begging you today. Heart of the Father is beating for you right now. In fact, you may have even your one of the reasons you become so hardened because of the way your earthly father had treated you and left you so long ago. But here right now in this moment, you say, Tim, I need to make a decision. I've, my life, something's got to change. I got to surrender my life to Jesus right now. I'm not asking how often you've come to church. I'm not asking how much money you could put in a plate. I'm not asking what your title is. I'm asking you whether or not you're serving Jesus. Are you following? Do you trust God? Fear today and say, Tim, I need to make a decision to follow Jesus. This is your moment right now. I'm not going to count the three, do any of that kind of stuff. You just know you need to make a decision right where you are. Say, Tim, that's me. I need to make a decision right where you are. Come on, if that's you, come on. I want you, I want you to lift your hand right now. Anybody in the room, if you're online, send us a message, call us, whatever you need to do. There's all kinds of ways for you to get a hold of us. But if you're here today and say, Tim, I'm... I've waited and I'm done waiting. This is it. God's speaking to me right now. This is your last chance. We're going to pray a prayer. We're going to get out of here, eat some cookies. It's going to be a wonderful afternoon. But right now, say, Tim, I need to make a decision to follow Jesus. If that's you, come on, slip your hand up right now where you are. We'll wait. We'll wait on you for just a moment. We're not going to give it a long time. This is for you. I couldn't, there's no way I could walk out of here without doing this again. Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody pray this prayer with me right now if you're able to. The person, again, I'll, I'll say it again. The person beside you might need to hear you praying with them. Come on, say Jesus. Come on, all across this room. Say Jesus. I admit that I need you. I believe that you are God. And I confess you as the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, that heaven is now my home. From this day on, I will trust the Lord. In Jesus' name. Come on, and everybody said. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, you know you need to make a decision to follow Jesus. You make sure you get up. Anybody that's on the platform, any of our prayer team, you can text I'm in to 717-634-7910. We would love to talk to you. We'd love to answer any questions. Just let you know you're not alone. You're not alone. What's your name? What is it? Cole? What's your last name, Cole? Odell? Buddy? There is a calling of God on your life. I'm just telling you that right now. Like, I'm a first, I don't know, but, which, but I'm a first generation preacher in my family, right? My dad was a coal miner. My mom was a school secretary. Like, it was like, I had no idea what I was doing. I still really don't. You know what I mean? That's, that's what the longer I do this, Aaron, I don't know about y'all, but the longer I do this, the more I realize I don't have, I have no clue what I'm doing. Like, none. But Cole, when I was praying for you earlier, I definitely sensed that. And so I'm saying it out loud. So people will continue, continue to speak encouragement and joy and faith. You're highly favored of the Lord, young man. How old are you? 15? Yeah. You're highly favored of God. Who's this? 
This is mom. Hey, mom, Cole. How are you? Yeah. You stretch your hands out towards Cole. Let's seal this together. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Yeah. you will not be known by what you can't do. You will not be known by what has been labeled as limitations. You, are, you, will know, you have no limitations. With God, con Dios impossible no existe. The impossible does not even exist with God. God is with you, therefore the impossible, it's done. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit would be so evident and fluid and moving in your life like you have never known before. I pray that you would see scriptures like you've never seen the Word of God before. I pray that the Holy Spirit would illuminate to you like you've never seen that before in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray the fresh vision and fire to be placed in and through your life everywhere your feet go. The gospel of Jesus Christ will prevail in the name of Jesus. Have no fear, Cole, for God is with you. He is your ever-present help in time of need. In the name of Jesus, may you preach the word in season and out of season. May you be ready at every moment and every avenue and every second of every day. Don't let anybody look down on you because you're young, but in your faith, in your life, in your love, in your purity, would you surrender to the Lord and you would see amazing miracles and signs and wonders. As you declare the favor of God, your hands will see miracles. You will see prophecy fulfilled. In the name of Jesus, may the fire of God be marked inside of you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I pray God will bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he turn towards you and give you peace and grace. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Come on. If you agree with that this morning, come on. Give God a big shout today. Let's celebrate the goodness of God in Jesus' name. Jesus. Amen. Amen. God did a good work. Man, hello, and this is a rumble right here. It's shaking underneath. I think it's some of the base. Hallelujah. God will not stop doing what he's started to do now. Don't go leaving here thinking, all right, well, that was here and now I'm by myself. And I, I want to take one more moment. Men, will you Will you make a commitment, especially men? Can be for the women. I get up, and this isn't anything that God or that's special of me, but I get up one hour earlier every day to spend time worshiping and praying and reading the Word of God, and it changed my life. There's iPhone, you got YouTube, you can get all the worship songs. You don't have to be able to sing, but will you? Will you make that commitment, men? Come on. Will you make that commitment one hour earlier? It doesn't matter. I get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. You can do it. It is worth time to set Jesus first and praise and glorify him in your life so you can spread that to your family and to people around you. It's by the power of God you'll be able to do that. Amen.
Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash I am in. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links.